Folks, welcome to the Jason Wright Show, Money Monday. Look, this is the episode dedicated to improving our finances, always in always. Part of our overall improvement has to be to be good stewards of our resources, and that's what Mondays are for on the Jason Wright Show. So with that in mind, let's go. Well, another week has begun, and here we are on the Jason Wright Show, Money Monday. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I am so excited, and I, I got to tell you, the response to Money Monday has been really cool. Apparently, the Improve Always and Always motto definitely applies to finances and money, and I'm really excited about it, and I, I am so excited that I've actually reached out to several uh, potential guests that are going to be coming on that are experts in financial coaching, advising, uh, kind of like I had one on not too long ago. I guess that was last week or the week before. And uh, and the response to that has been incredible. So thank you guys for the response. I'm going to keep bringing you good, sound financial advice because I think that part of anyone wanting to improve always and always is going to have to involve being a good steward of our resources. And throughout the course of my life, I've been really, really good. I've been not so good. And now I think I've kind of got myself to a point where I understand more than ever as I as I kind of reach that that midpoint of life that having made prudent financial decisions to not spend more than I make and to exercise delayed gratification, it has definitely benefited me. It's allowed me to be a little more selective with the work that I take on. And so I just think it's so very, very important to us that we that we we maintain these principles. And so what I thought I would do today is just come on and just kind of tell you where you start. If if I were starting over and and, and I had no earthly idea where to begin, do I start with retirement? Do I start with uh, just some basic, you know, savings account savings, just to have a little bit of a cash cushion? Uh, would I buy a home? Would I buy a car? You know, what does it look like whenever you're starting from scratch? And this can be those of you who have just recently graduated from college, like my daughters, and they're having to have these conversations with their dad and where I'm trying to get them to understand that right now begins your road to becoming a millionaire. And it's not that hard. It doesn't take a rocket scientist if you just start now. As I said on this show before, if you have time on your side, if you are young, if you have youth, then you are wealthier than Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has all the financial resources that anyone could ever hope for at $114 billion. But the one thing that Warren Buffett does not have is a lot of time. He's 92 years old. He's already working against the clock. I hope that Warren lives for another 20 years, but the actuarials say that he is kind of on borrowed time. And I guarantee you that if any of us, even I at 48, if I went up to him and said, I tell you what, Warren, I will trade you my age for your billions, he would take that trade all day long because one, he would love to have another 50 years to go ahead and make that income all over again. Just, I mean, the bottom line is time is on your side if you are young. So where do we begin? Well, I think that more than anything, the we need to start with the, with the mindset of, of, of being a good steward for one primary reason, and that is for peace of mind. 
In my opinion, there's a lot of reasons why you should want to be debt-free, have financial freedom, make enough money to cover your expenses with some margin left over. The, the, the greatest of which I believe is just having peace of mind. Look, life is stressful enough as it is. We have enough stress in our lives. Money is going to be one of the single biggest ones unless we get out in front of it and we take control of it. And a lot of times, money is just one of those things that it's kind of like that that closet that we haven't opened or that or that junk drawer we haven't opened in so long because we just know when we open it, we know what we're going to find. And so we just would just rather avoid it and leave it closed. But you know, if you just open it and you start to chisel away at it, if you organize the closet, if you organize that junk drawer, when you're done, you have a sense of peace. How many of you, you walk into your closet every single morning and it's just a disaster area and it just stresses you out. You dig out something to wear and then you shut the door behind you and you just dread opening that thing again. And the thing is that mess of the closet, the image of that mess, it, it rattles around in your head for the rest of the day until tomorrow when you have to go in and get your outfit again and you open it and there the stress is all over again. And you know, if you would just stop, Block off time. Take the time to organize that closet. Get rid of the crap you don't need anymore. And you would just have this, it's like this weight lifted. There's nothing that can bring you more peace than just having control. See, that's the thing. That's what organization really is. It's not so much that it looks better. It is more appealing to the eye. It's, it just, it's not as intense to our, to our, uh, our amygdala, kind of that fear, that kind of fight or flight. You know, whenever I walk into a messy, messy closet, I just want to fly. I want to get out of there. More than anything, it just, it brings a peace and a calm. It lowers stress. That's why we are attracted to these things when they're super organized. So money is no different. And so the first thing you have to do, and this is if I were if I were starting all over, and this is what I'm telling my daughters right now is get an emergency fund. Get, before you do anything else, don't put yourself in a position to where you have to blow some money on something you just don't want to spend money on. I remember my, my dad, he owned a tire store. And let me tell you something, no one comes into a tire store in a good mood. Nobody comes in, unless you're in high school and you're buying some wide, you know, tires or mud, mud, I mean, look, I'm from East Texas, tires and wheels are a big deal around here, okay? So, I mean, especially when I was in high school, you know, big mud grips and um, the back in the day, I remember my my brother had the short, wide Chevy. It was black. It was a uh, probably about a 87 Chevy, I mean, a blacked out, beautiful truck, had red velour seats. That's right. You heard me. Smelt of vanilla. Uh, it was just so great. Guns and Roses blasting from his Kenwood speakers, six by nine speakers in the door, baby. And I remember he had some uh, Krager mags on that thing and probably like some Cooper GTs or something like that. So unless you're a high school kid making your car or truck look better, you don't want to spend money on tires. But you know what adds even more stress to that is when you have to do it on a credit card. When you when you don't have the money, when you have the blowout, when the tires are balling, you already owe money on the car and you have to go spend money on tires, money you don't have. 
on a car that you must have to make a living. And so I have learned that one of the greatest senses of peace that I have ever had is whenever I have these things pop up and I've got the cash waiting. It sucks. It never gets easy. It's not, it's never like, oh, wow, I had a blowout. I had a flat. I I need new tires. And, oh, I cannot wait to go just completely drain my emergency fund to buy these new tires. That's never happened. But I will tell you a story that that did happen early, early on in my, uh, in my career as an entrepreneur. So, because I've always believed in this principle that you got to have a cash stash, you got to have that emergency cash stash in case something goes wrong. Um, I had tried to build up a little bit of cash, and I had been in business for myself. I guess, gosh, at this point, it was like my second or third year in, and we started to make a little bit of money, which is the goal, right? But with making a little bit of money comes a little bit of tax liabilities. And this particular year, I was about ten grand short. And as it were, I had put aside $10,000 exactly to a T. Uh, and I don't remember. I think the uh, actual tax liability was like 9900 I mean, It was just almost, it was right there. I mean, it, it drained my little cash cushion that I had. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, I remember praying. I got a little frustrated with, with God. And I remember saying, God, I guess you just don't want me to have cash. Every single time I try to build up a cash reserve, something happens and it goes. And to this day, it was not audible. I didn't have some Moses and burning bush moment. It was nothing like that. It wasn't like uh, the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus at the time, Saul, who became Paul. And all of a sudden, Jesus confronts him. It was not like that. But there was something that came to mind. And it was essentially this. It was basically uh, the Lord put on my heart, you know, Jason, have you ever noticed that every time you've needed the cash, the cash is there? It's not that I don't want you to have the cash. I just make sure you have it when you need it. And so if we will join in with the way this works and be good stewards of our resources, then what happens is, yeah, you may not build up a big cash hoard. But the cool thing is you will have that emergency reserve when you need it. And it never gets easier to drain it. But I can tell you this, it was a much greater relief once I got over the initial sting of having to drain my cash of knowing that, man, thank God the money is there. And that's something that I would say right now, if I could give you any advice, if you're just starting out, I don't care where you are. Now, this is, and also, I don't care whether you are someone later in the game, like I am, I'm 48, or if you're somewhere at 65, or if you're just starting out or you're somewhere in between, I would still say that when it comes to taking control of your financial future and your financial present for that matter, you got to have that emergency reserve and start with a thousand bucks. Now, the cool thing is some of you right now, you could go just go ahead and take in your checking account, open up another one, a money market account or something like that that you're not going to touch, going to draw a little interest and you're only going to make like two or three withdrawals every year. You know, it's just, a, it's, it's used, it's used to save money, right? But you can write checks on it. You could, you could go just move that money over right now. And you should. Those of you 
who have some credit card debt, you got some student loan debt, you got a, you got rent, mortgage, car payments, whatever. I, this is going to be a little harder for you because you're going to ask yourself and you're going to say, Jason, wait a minute, are you telling me that I should not pay off my debt first, that I should start putting together this $1,000 emergency fund? And I would say, yes. I mean, you got to pay whatever you owe, right? I mean, if your car payment's 500 bucks, you got to pay the 500 bucks. But start scrimping and scraping. And you say, well, Jason, what if I don't have anything left over? I'm upside down. I have nothing left over. Well, remember the messy closet that I talked about earlier? Go start digging through there and go find a thrift store. Go find, go, go, go check, go open up your eBay store, get an eBay account, start selling some stuff. Thousand bucks is not hard to come up with in this day and age. You have something that you haven't used in your entire life. I mean, look, the 80 20 principle always applies. You're only, you're wearing 20% of your clothes 80% of the time. Go figure out what 20% that you're wearing. Get rid of some of the other that you're not the 80% that you're not wearing at all and sell it. See what you can come up with. Go have a garage sale. Go participate in a community garage sale. Somebody else is having a garage sale, go join in on theirs. Just start getting this together. Then the next thing you need to do, go find the smallest amount of debt that you have, whether it's a credit card, whether it's your car payment, usually it's going to be a credit card. I mean, if you've got a credit card that has a balance greater than your car, then, you know, that's, that's tough. And, and I'm not going to belabor that issue. You, you can get out of that. Okay. But what you do is you go find the smallest debt you have, just line them up, just write them down. Again, this is opening that junk drawer and being honest with yourself. It's getting all the junk out and seeing what you need and what you don't get rid of the stuff you don't and organizing it. So open up the debt drawer and start writing it down, write down biggest debt first. And now, now set aside your house, okay? If you, if you have a mortgage, set that aside for the time being. But then start listing your debts and find the tiniest one that you could pay off right now and get rid of it. Maybe you've got some silly lingering dental bill. You keep, and you're like, I, you just ignore that because it's a medical expense and it's a big hospital and I got credit card bills, I got car payments. And so I've just been ignoring this urgent care bill that keeps coming and coming and coming. They're not gonna go away. They're just not they're going to bother you forever. Pay it off. And then go to the next one and the next one. And here's what's really cool. When you make the list and you start this momentum going and you scratch it off, you start to implement behavioral science, some neuroscience. You see, when you do this, reward yourself. I don't care if it's a clapping. I don't care if it's going and um, just do some, go, go buy a Bahama Buck snow cone. Okay, go do something to celebrate getting rid of the debt. Because what will happen is you will create a dopamine hit that will make you want to go after the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And then the next thing you want to do, and if you do this, by the way, according to Dave Ramsey, whenever Dave Ramsey, this is essentially his snowball effect that I'm telling you right now. When Ramsey, uh, based on the research he's done on all the however many thousands of people he's helped get out of debt, this usually takes people three to six months to get out of debt. Now, you may have some just magnum debt. You may have like huge student loans. You bought that uh, G-Wagon that for $150,000 because you get the loan. Now you're paying a thousand bucks on it, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But if you can do this, on average, his, his students and the people that follow his uh, Financial Peace University, they're getting out of debt in three to six months. That's pretty incredible. 
Well, once you completely get out of debt, then what you want to do is you want to start putting 15% into your retirement savings. Now, if you can do this on average, once you've eliminated all the debt, once you've gotten rid of all your debt and you're able to put 15% of your earnings to retirement, then the average Dave Ramsey student is becoming a millionaire inside of 12 years. Now, I mean, look, I'm 48. And so if I were just starting this process right now, 60 years old is young these days. I mean, my parents are still pretty freaking active. I just was with them this weekend and they're 72. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so a decade younger than my mom and dad and being a millionaire and being debt free, not a bad deal. And then once you start doing that, then you start attacking the house. And the people that start attacking the house, getting their mortgage paid off, that generally takes about, I think the, I think Dave said that it takes them somewhere between 10 and 12 years. Let me see if I, I think I put my notes on that. Yeah, 10, 10 to 12 years, I think, is what it takes for them to pay off their house. And I can tell you, now most of us at some point in time, either from when we were high school, when we were younger, or maybe now you've, you've, you've experienced this, you know that there's something magical about having a car that is paid for. Nothing will make you happy with an old beater like having it paid for. I just um, had a, a friend that, and, and, and those of you who are young and have never had the car of your dreams or had a nice car, um, you're much more susceptible, I think, to not appreciating having a car paid for because life hasn't really, you haven't really had to stop your life to make a car payment. You haven't had to forego a vacation or borrow for a vacation and until you've made car payments. And so you don't really understand how beautiful and what a gift a car paid off really is. It is one of those things. Nothing makes me want to drive a car with 150,000 miles on it like one that is paid for. It just, I, it's, it, it, it's, there's something magical about it. And being debt-free in your home and everything else, all of a sudden you find a way to be much more satisfied with the things you have when you actually own them. I remember one time, it was whenever I first bought my, when I first moved to Tyler and bought my first business and I leveraged myself to the hilt. I mean, I had an elephant-sized load of debt on my chest. I could barely breathe. I borrowed every penny I could to buy my business and it was awful. And we bought an older home that needed remodeled. I needed to remodel my office I bought. I needed to remodel the house I bought. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And I go to uh, Swan Furniture here in Tyler, a local uh, furniture store, been around forever. And I bought a couple of items on the 12 month, no interest program. First time I'd ever done that. It was interest free, no interest, 12 months. They're going to give me the money. So amortizing, it was like, $2,000, $3,000 worth of furniture. I don't remember how much it was. And it was 12 months. And I was like, you know what? Right now, I don't have the cash or I have to hoard every piece of cash that I, every bit of cash that I have and really want to just lease a little bit of new furniture in this older home. And I'm just, I'm, go, I'm going from a beat up office to a beat up house. I need some new furniture. My family deserves some new furniture. Interest free, this is no brainer. I will get it paid off before then. I tell you what. Every single time I came home and I sat on that couch 
I knew I didn't own it. I remember, th- I would think that to myself, I don't own this, I don't own this couch. It's in my couch. Wells Fargo Finance owns this couch. This is freaking pathetic. I don't even, I, I don't even own this couch. And let me tell you something, I got that sucker paid off and I have never done that 12-month interest-free garbage again because the thing is, if you're making payments on it, you don't own it. You get to use it and one day you will own it. But if you're making a payment on it, you don't own it. It is not yours. You, you get to control it. I remember that's one of the things I, whenever I was early in my career and I was borrowing money for to buy real estate and I finally just, I told somebody one day that they thought I was really killing it. They thought I was really just crushing it. And I said, you know, here's the deal. Take a drink of coffee here. I said, I'm very flattered that you think I'm doing as well as I am. I said, but I said, that is not exactly the case. I said, I actually control a lot of assets. I do that. I control a lot of assets, but I don't own a lot of assets. I've got, I, I, you know, I was able to get a financial agreement in place, borrow some money to where I, with the money of others, banks, as were the case, am able to control these assets, but I don't own the assets. It is an amazing feeling when you own something free and clear. I'm so blessed that I have a wife that has this mindset. Uh, We both come from very relatively frugal uh, backgrounds and small rural East Texas to where everything's very much cash and carry. I always say one of the greatest uh, gifts my dad ever gave me was a fear. I mean, a healthy, healthy and very visceral fear of credit cards. Credit cards were something that my dad basically, he just, there's something that he, I don't know, he really didn't talk about that much. I just knew my dad didn't really use credit cards. And if he did, you paid it off. And But it was essentially just a tool and I was always very fearful of credit cards, and um, and I have maintained that throughout my life. That's why I, for the for the longest, whenever I first started in business and I had to have an expense account and that sort of thing, I only used an American Express because you had to pay off the balance at the end of every month. Now I try not to even. I mean, Jimlin and I, we use credit cards when we travel. We'll have a travel card, uh, but essentially, you know, we are a cash and carry family, and so. I just wanted to try to tell you, like the, the 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 theme of this episode today is this: one, face the junk drawer, face the messy closet, get after. And here's the thing: you're good. You, you, I know you. Some of you won't believe this. Some of you are like, uh, I just don't want to look. You, you know what you're like? You're like Mrs. Wright. Whenever I tell her we have to look at the P and L for hot tots, she does not want to look. Mrs. Wright wants to show up, work her tail off, which she does sell as many clothes and toys and monograms and everything that we have at Hot Tots. And just, that's it. That's what she wants to do. She does not want to sit down and actually look at the nitty gritty, the financials and all that. She doesn't want to do that. She hates it. But when we do, she feels a sense of control. Even if you don't like what you see, you will at least feel some control. So the the thing I want to tell you today is open the junk drawer of your finances and start cleaning it up. And it starts with getting a little emergency fund put together. Open the closet of your finances. Start to organize it. Start to figure out what you don't need. There is 
20% of the things you're using 80% of the time. That leaves 80% of your stuff that you don't even need that could go towards that $1,000 emergency fund. Then line it up. Line it up in a little row. Start the dominoes. Line them up. Little domino first of debt. Get rid of it. Once it's out of the way, then start saving towards your retirement. Then start knocking out your freaking house. And then all of a sudden, I tell you, you know, now look, there's some people that crush it to an extent where they have G-Wagons, mansions, and it's all paid for. They're all liquid and all that. But you know what? That's not most of us. It's just not. It's just not. And what you'll find out is those people that have most of that stuff, they're not happy from the stuff. They're not even happy from the debt-free. Instead, they're just, they've worked their tails off. They're they're unbelievably talented. They've had some luck, whatever the case is, and they've got a huge income. And so, sure, they have all that crap and it's debt-free. Awesome. But you know what's funny? Most of them, as I mentioned last week with Juan, we were talking about, uh, most of them, even though they make a ton of money, they're not, they, they can't even write you a check for $2,000 or 1000 bucks. Most of them are living paycheck to paycheck. It's, it's crazy. Um, so, you, someone making 80, 90K a year debt free, could actually be wealthier than that person making three, 400 grand a year, but blowing every single penny. So, anyway, that is today's episode of Money Monday. Keep tuning in. Again, I have got some great guests that I'm going to be lining up and bringing to you with that are going to be on here on a regular basis. You're giving you expert advice. I want to bring in expert advisors and coaches and and people that have done it right. I want to look to some some of my buddies that I know that are that just they live this stuff out. They're not out there coaching anybody or teaching anybody. They're just living the principles day in and day out. And I want them to share their stories with what it has meant to them and their family and their children and their peace of mind. And until we meet again. Have an incredible week. Continue to improve not only your finances, but every aspect of your life. Look for those areas where you know that you're on a mission to improve always in all ways and go get it. I'm Jason and I'm out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, the Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.